What's up, guys? Combat Addict here. Wow. Okay. This facial hair of mine is a mess. I grew it out for Movember. I mean, that's not entirely true. It just happened to be growing during Movember, but it is what it is. I it's, it's I try to keep it looking all right, but it doesn't always work. It doesn't always work what you try. Should probably brush it. I tried to brush it, but then I just took my dog for a walk and Actually, that has nothing to do with why my facial hair is not brushed right now. I should have brushed my facial hair before I, I turned on this camera. I apologize to everyone who's looking at my facial hair right now. But hey, you know what? My head top doesn't look too bad. So there's that. Uh, welcome to another edition of My Mouth My Mouth Does the Talking, the regular podcast where we talk about whatever we want to talk about. Um I'm thinking uh I think I'm I'm gonna stop doing the shorter videos, those ten minute videos. Guys, my heart's just not in it anymore. I, I don't wanna do those videos anymore. Uh the last one I did was for Davison Figueredo. It was sorta of funny, sort of sort of funny at times. There was a bit of analysis, but honestly overall those videos are not why I started this YouTube channel. I started this YouTube channel because I wanted to do a podcast. That's why we're here. And this is the podcast that I wanted to do. And it was very, very simple concept. I would just take anything that I had thought about in passing during the week and flesh it out more in a podcast. This is supposed to be some sort of like journal of, of thoughts. That's basically what this is for. And one day, years from now, when I look back on who I was, I might watch one or two of these videos and think, huh, so that's what I was like. That's why we're doing this. So the only reason that I even started doing those other videos in the first place was because I had somebody basically talk me into doing them. Like I tried to explain to them that I do these long videos because I want to do a podcast. I'm a huge fan of Joe Rogan. And this is like my version of whatever that is. And they basically gave me some advice and said, nobody's going to want to watch your videos if they're all an hour long. People want short content. People want like quick videos that they can watch nobody's gonna nobody's gonna sit there and listen to a podcast of you just talking for an hour and they said this like a couple times at first i was like a little not dismissive but just like okay yeah whatever like if you don't get why i'm doing what i'm doing then you know hat off to you go somewhere else um but it started to get to me and i was like you know what like if i want viewership maybe I should do these shorter videos as well so I did and honestly guys the only reason that I kept doing them was because they were kind of fun I was like oh I enjoy this this is this is fun I'm having a good time doing this video but now no man it's not like that anymore 
I I am sort of tired of doing the same. I feel like I'm doing the same video over and over and over again. Just with like a different fighter, which is exactly what I'm doing. Actually, if you think about it, that's literally what I'm doing. But my point is, I'm just getting tired of it. I'm just getting tired of it. Um, I don't really enjoy doing it. I more enjoy having finished the video and seeing people like it and seeing people watch it. Like, let's be straight. Like the video that I have with the most views, it's like close to 3000 views is a prediction video for Israel Adesanya versus Paulo Costa. My best video, by the way. So interesting that I got the most views, but, um, I had fun making that video at the time and I had a bunch of ideas for that video at the time. And as I go on, the ideas that I have are less and less and the, and the fun I have for the videos is less and less. So I think I'm going to drop off with those, with those shorter 10 minute videos. I think this is going to be a podcasting YouTube channel from here on out and maybe if I get the inspiration to do a shorter video in the future like a fight prediction or a fight profile I'll do one but as it stands right now I don't want to do those anymore I don't want to do them anymore and the whole goal the whole point of this YouTube channel was to have fun was to enjoy it that's what I'm trying to do and I'm getting a splitting headache right now for what reason I don't know but anyways man um That's the situation. So for those of you who enjoy those videos, I'm sorry. Uh, RIP to the fight profiles and RIP to the fight predictions. And uh, say hello to a much, much chiller version of, of my YouTube channel. Um, actually, a lot of my subscribers are here because of the shorter videos, which... So if you're listening, you you may even unsubscribe now, which is unfortunate. But I mean, hey, it is what it is, man. Um, I tried something new here, and uh, it was pretty cool for a while. It lasted. I I I kept those up for months. For months, I kept those up. But now I think it's time to just do the podcast because I find that doing those shorter videos, they actually get in the way of the podcast. Like the podcast isn't getting the attention that it deserves because I'm tired or burnt out because I'm watching like 12 UFC fights in in a day and, and making notes about them and, and then finding footage and cutting the footage up and putting it into a video. It's like, that whole process has sort of taken the joy out of it for me. And that's not good, man. Like, if you have something that's good for you or that you think is good to do, if it really starts to sap the joy from your life, you need to take a step back. And don't just continue doing it because you have, you're having success. Because I am having success. Like, the truth is, if I really wanted, I could continue to do videos like this and get hundreds of views over the next couple of couple of months if I wanted to that my 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 last video before the one I just did with with Valentina Shevchenko has like 
179 views or something like that. Something around that range. Which feels pretty good, but at the same time, it's like... I don't want to be doing this, and even if I got majorly successful because of those videos, I wouldn't want to be. Because then I would have to keep doing them. <laughs> and I don't want to do that. I don't want to keep doing them. It's a pain in the butt. It's a pain in the rear end, and I'm tired of it, man. I just want to have a chill YouTube channel where I just talk. That's it. I just talk about whatever I want to talk about and people either like it or they don't like it, but it doesn't matter because I'm at least having fun. And that's the most important thing. I don't want this thing to turn into a burden. I don't want this to be another thing that I put so much effort into that I burn myself out and I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. Because I think this podcast is a really good idea. I genuinely do believe that. Not just for like people out there who maybe want to just listen to somebody's voice. But for me as a person, I think that it's a really good idea. To just have this thing, keep it going. And once a week or twice a week, sort of push out thoughts that I have. Anyways, man, speaking of things that you love becoming burdens, I have this, this, uh, realization that there are a lot of things that you say that you love or people that you say that you love that you really don't love. Like, you might say that you love your girlfriend or you love your boyfriend, right? Unconditionally. But the real question is, if your girlfriend or your boyfriend suddenly became a burn victim or paralyzed, would you feel the same way about them? And honestly, you'd be surprised to find out that the answer for a lot of you would be no. Now, I don't know what that says about, and that's, I'm, I'm including myself in this category here. I don't know what that says about us or me. Maybe you, maybe you are perplexed as to why I'm saying this, but. I, I I feel like a lot of people believe that they are more in love with with people and things than they really are. And I mean, you know what? We can get just a situation, just a general situation here, sort of plotted out. 
say that you've got somebody you care about that makes you happy, that loves you unconditionally, but then one day something happens to them and they become a dependent. Like you have to take care of them every day. Like they can't even clean it up after themselves. Right? You've got to like empty their their waste, their waste bag. Something terrible happens to them. Like they become a quadriplegic or something. Right? How many of you are immediately like, oh, I'm down for this person. I'm just going to do whatever I have to to keep them happy and safe. But then also after the fact, after the initial lull of, oh, I love you. I'm going to keep keep doing what I have to do for you. After that, when you're in month three, month four, month five, how many of you still feel that way? How many of you are like, wow, you know, I kind of wish that they did not make it past that accident. Or it would be much easier if they hadn't made it through the accident. Or I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I, I mean, I don't know if I'm as in love with this person or this thing as I thought I was. How many people can you honestly say, like if they became a severe dependent on you tomorrow, that you love them so much, it doesn't matter? And here's the crazy thing about it. You think you can say that about maybe one or two people, but if it actually happened to them, It would change you and you wouldn't even know who you are. I guarantee there are some of you out there who say, yeah, no, I could totally do that for Leslie or whoever. But if it happened to Leslie, you'd be sitting there thinking to yourself like, wow, I wish Leslie was dead. And then you'd have to sit there and come to terms with the fact that you feel that way. And then you'd have to acknowledge that on some level, this thing that you call love is like either some sort of illusion that doesn't exist in the way that you think it does, or you aren't capable of feeling it, at least for Leslie. And that's, that's crazy to come to terms with. That's hard, man. That's hardcore. That's like, you have to question your humanity when you get to that place, if you think you'd get to that place. Because I'm sure there are a lot of people right now who are like, no, 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 if I love somebody, I love them. I'll ride or die for not forever. And if that's you, I mean, I don't mean to sound like I'm making fun of you. Maybe I'm just cynical, but I honestly, I think people are, quick with words but it's easier said than done 
for those of you who are kind of with me, yeah, you got to kind of sit there and look at yourself as a human being and not just as a human being. You got to look at humanity. You have to look at everyone and be like, all of these people throwing this word around, love, like it's nothing. Like, do they really know what it means? Does anybody really understand what marriage is? Does anybody even really understand what family is? Like, what are you willing to do for your family? You want to say anything, but are you sure? Are you absolutely positive? When you run into something like that, you start to be unsure. Like, you don't know. You're like, I think, I think I would. I think I would do anything. But now I have no idea. Because this this thing, this person that I thought I loved has become some, some sort of inconvenience to me. And now I'm, I'm thinking about how much easier it would be if they were not in the picture. How much better it may be for, for, for me and them. Now, of course, there's a part of you that doesn't feel that way. There's a part of you that still has that humanity where you're like, I care about this thing and I'm glad it's still alive. I care about these, this person. I'm glad it's still alive. You know what I mean? There's that part of you. And maybe that's what the love is. Maybe the love is actually being happy that it, you know, it or they exist. But it's not enough to be, to be free of the, the thoughts that come with that burden. And so that's why I'm saying, I don't think people really even understand what marriage is, man. Cause that's what you have to be down for. Like if you marry somebody, like you have to be down for, okay, this person is a quadriplegic. They will never ever be able to walk again. They have 50 years of their life left and I have to take care of them for 50 years. That's what it requires. Like you got to understand what it means to have even parents, man. Like you got to understand that at some point, unless you want to, you know, do something which I consider to be sort of a bad idea and put your, your parent in a, in a, in a, in a home. That's a bad idea, especially when you talk about the status, the status of long-term care homes, at least in Canada, you're basically sending them to hell in a torture chamber, right? Unless you're going to send them to a long-term care home, which I suggest you don't do with all of the problems that they have, you got to take care of that 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 parent or whoever they are when they get old. Like if they can't wipe their butt, that's you. That's on you. Like if they can't remember who they are or 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 that you are 
you are there or that they've told you something, you got to sit there and listen to them say the same thing over and over again until they die. That's what love is, bro. I'm telling you, that's what love is. Love is not like, love is very, very ugly. Like when you think about it, it's like, or not love is ugly, but love, love has the, the, the ability or the love can, can take you into very ugly situations. Like you can be in quite a disgusting, uncomfortable predicament because of love. Love is an obligation, man. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Like real love, the love that we're talking about that's unconditional is an obligation. If you say you love somebody, you are like obligated to do whatever you can for them. It doesn't matter how inconvenient it is. It doesn't matter how unfortunate for you it is. Like, I wonder sometimes about the mothers of serial killers. Some of them are dead because the serial killer, like, killed them. But I wonder about the mothers of serial killers or, or drug dealers. People who commit crimes, serious crimes. Even, even the mothers of, of somebody who, 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 who defrauded people. Do they feel like I don't like my son or daughter? Do they feel like I am only sticking by them because they're my kid? Or do they actually feel the love? Like, is there anything you can do to not be loved by a parent? What would you have to do? Where is the limit of that obligation? That's the question that I have. But I guess my main point is that you don't really love the people in your life the way that you think that you love them. It's, you don't. That's what I, that's what I think. I think that maybe you love a couple of them that way, but there's a lot of them that you don't. There's a lot of people, especially your friends, a lot of people you think that you love that you don't. You enjoy them. You enjoy them deeply. But if they ever became a serious dependent, you would not either be there for them or you would hope that that death wasn't far off. Not because you hate them, not because you're malicious, but because you can't handle the fact that your life as it stands becomes less than optimal because of them in more than one way. And I'm sorry I had to start with such a such a somber topic, um, but this is what I was thinking about 
when I was out earlier. And it made me sort of take a look at myself, like reevaluate myself, like, damn, am I even capable of loving anyone? Who would I do all of that stuff that I just described for? Seriously. You have to think about that and like catalog like the people you like, I do it for them, I do it for them, I do it for them, I do it for them. And even then, you can't be sure until you actually have to do it. And life is funny like that. It'll just throw you a curveball and be like, prove it. Prove it. Oh, you say you do it for this person? I'm going to make this person somehow, some way, an inconvenience to you. How do you treat them now? Prove it. Life will do stuff like that to you. And it's kind of evil, like... If there was an entity that did things like that, that tested people in that way, it's an evil entity. <laughs> maybe it's not evil. Maybe it's maybe it's testing everybody because it's got a it's got a better idea of 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 like maybe it's testing everybody because that's what life is supposed to be, some sort of test, right? So maybe it's not evil. Maybe it's just insightful or something like that. Maybe it's just very perceptive. And its job is to find contradictions. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what everybody talks about when they talk about God. Maybe God is just some entity that tries to find contradictions. And it determines, and it determines, you know, whether or not somebody is who they say they are by the, the, the tests and the challenges that it puts in front of them. Maybe that's what maybe that's what God is, guys. I got no idea. But one thing is for sure, I get angry when it does stuff like that. <laughs> it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good having to reevaluate who you are. And it makes you think that maybe I should just stop thinking that I'm anyone. Maybe I should just stop claiming things. Maybe I should just stop saying I love this person or I hate that thing or that I'll never do this or that I will do that. Because the truth is there are situations in which you would not do any of those things that you say you will do. That's the truth. Nothing is certain. Nothing is 100%. I bet you, you could have said, I could have said, listen, I could have said like six months ago, I will never respect anything Jake Paul ever does. And then he gets into a boxing ring, dedicates hours of his life to, to a sport and puts on a performance. As a fight fan, I can't help but respect that. 
you think six months ago that if I said this, the words, I will never respect anything Jake Paul does, that any of you would doubt its truth? Nothing is certain, man. Nothing is certain. And when I say nothing is certain, I mean you are included in that. Like your, your personality, your fluctuations, everything about you that changes. It's almost like you, you've got no control over the fact that they will change. Those things will change. Because if you did have control over it, when you said something, you would stick to it no matter what. But the fact that you don't suggests that you cannot help the fact that you've changed. Unless you are willfully becoming a hypocrite, which I don't think any of us do. I think all of us fall into situations and find ourselves doing things that we didn't think we would do. Or saying things that we didn't think we would say. Our opinions are all different now than they were five years ago, I'm sure. I mean, opinions change every day. And with those changing opinions, sometimes personalities change. I mean, I'm the kind of guy who used to laugh at every single kind of joke, no matter how politically correct it was. Now I find politically correct, hum politically incorrect humor sort of off-putting at times. I, at one point, had the opinion that you should be able to say whatever you want all the time, anytime. And I guess I sort of have, my opinion is sort of nuanced now. I believe that people should be able to say whatever they want, but they need to preface and warn other individuals about what they may be saying if it's in some sort of entertainment aspect and also just reframe as much as possible in social settings. So what that means is if you're going to make a joke about black people, I don't really care as long as you preface your joke uh, sorry, if you're going to make a joke about black people in a comedy special, sorry, I don't really care as long as you have a discretionary um, message at the beginning of your video saying, this program contains racial jokes, blah, 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 blah. If you're going to make jokes about black people around me, I actually will tell you not to do that, but let's say that it's not me and it's somebody else who doesn't care that you make jokes around black people. I don't care if you make jokes around that individual, if they're black or white or whatever, as long as they say to you, hey, I don't mind if you make jokes like this. So for me, it's all about consent, basically. If people consent to hearing those things, then you should be able to say whatever you want. If somebody does not consent, it would be impolite to say things like that, that are, that are politically incorrect. That's my opinion on that. And I think everybody's happy that way. I mean, 
if everybody just abided by those rules, I don't see how anybody could be offended because any sort of off-kilter joke would always be prefaced or addressed. And you would always know when you should be making jokes like this or that and when you shouldn't. Seems like a... Seems like a amiable solution to me. Anyways, man, maybe maybe that maybe that's not the way. Maybe people don't. Uh, maybe that's not the way either. I was thinking about this the other the other night. Um, if you know somebody hates you or you know that somebody has it out for you there's almost a comfort there in that you're aware of your situation if you don't know there's a terror in that that is uncurable if you're not sure whether or not somebody hates you or has it out for you, you are left to agonize in that uncertainty. Not just uncertainty about how they feel about you, but uncertainty about whether or not to trust the individual. And you can't just come right out and say anything to the individual because they could just lie to you and say that they are cool with you when they really aren't. And in fact, it may be their goal to make it so that you don't know in order to make it easier to do things that will hurt you. And I, th I think that this is particularly distressing with people who you just have a bad vibe about. If you just have a bad feeling about somebody. I've met people like that, where I just don't feel good about them. And I don't know what it is. I haven't proved that that feeling is right a lot of the times in my life, because I've just never gone out of my way to look deeper into other people. Actually, there were a couple of friends who I had a bad feeling about who it turned out weren't the, the nicest people. But the point is, when you have that feeling and you're uncertain, it sucks because you don't want to be rude or mean or whatever. You don't want to seem crazy to yourself. So you continue to associate or be around someone, even though you've got a bad feeling about them. All the while, feeling like hostility or resentment or 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 just maybe straight up evil <laughs> while you're around this person and not knowing is the worst part that's it i i just I just had that thought.
I'm sure that people have had this conversation before. But there's two parts to this. People say that life is short. And a lot of people also say that they'd like to live forever. I think that both of those statements are false. Life is not short at all. In fact, for all of us, life is an eternity. Literally, like you have not been alive longer than you are alive now. You, you understand what I'm saying? You can never be older. You can never be older than the amount of time that you've been here. And time is relative. So if time is all about how you perceive it in relation to something else, and the longest time that you've ever waited for something, which would be death in this scenario, is your entire like existing period, then quite literally the longest amount of time that you've ever waited for anything is your age in like milliseconds, like not, not milliseconds, it's constant. So you have experienced the closest thing to eternity already. Has any, like, it doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't it feel like you've been alive forever? Doesn't it feel like you've been alive for the longest time now? Forever you've been alive. Now take in, depending on however old you are, let's say you're 20 or something like that. You haven't even lived a quarter of your life. So take everything that you have lived already up until this point and multiply it by four, maybe five, if you're really healthy. That's how long life is. Life isn't short. Life is a very, very long. Or at least it seems that way. And I understand that when people say life is short, what they mean is not to get bogged down in the little things and to enjoy life as much as you can because before you know it, you'll be dead. And I guess that's why life feels so long, maybe, is because I'm not doing that. Maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not living my best life, guys. Maybe that's why life feels very long to me. But just objectively, life is very, very long. If you think about it perceptually and actually in terms of years, life is incredibly long. Now, the phases of life, that's different. I would say that you've got a very small window for physical prowess and, 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 and energy. After a while, you lose your energy and your, your drive to keep, to keep yourself healthy with, with, with exercise, it seems. I mean, if that wasn't true, why is it that 
so many people are are overweight or so many people are are misshapen now right you don't have time or you don't have energy or whatever that happens quick by the time you're like 25 it's like that's gone <laughs> that's gone for a lot of people right and then for women having babies by the time they're like 35 that's gone <laughs> it's quick like, and the thing about it is the phase doesn't even really start for having kids until they're like 27 or 28 so they got like <laughs> like five to seven years they got this like five to seven year window to actually have kids and then it's it's, it's over like that right and then there's like there's like having fun with your grandchildren or playing with your grandchildren depending on how old you are that's gone too that's quick the phases of life are short i would agree with that and you don't get those back but life itself is very very long All that being said, um, the last point I think I'm going to go with for today is that I don't think that people want to live forever. I think that unless you are insatiably curious you would not want to live forever because you get bored unless learning is all you want to do unless experiencing things is all you want to do and you have the means to experience things you don't want to live forever and most people's lives are not lives that they would want to live forever Most people have very boring lives. Most people have the kinds of lives that they wish they could trade for the characters in a TV show or the lives of the characters in a TV show. Nobody wants to live that for an eternity. I mean, for God's sakes, everyone retires at 67 and tries to find a way to keep themselves busy with hobbies until they die or family members or whatever. So you don't want to be, be around for all time unless you're like Elon Musk and you have an, you just, you can't stop being curious. That's the only way I can see someone wanting to live forever. Because if you just continue to learn endlessly, I can see how that, that level of enjoyment would not go down. Because all that happens is you increase your knowledge and your ability to communicate and, 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 and do things. I can see how you'd want to live forever if, if you were like an insatiably curious person. But most people are not like that. Most people specialize in one field or the other, work hard, 
come home, pray for Friday, and that's it. One thing, actually, I think I want to add on really quick. This is highlighted for me because of the pandemic. When you aren't allowed to go out anywhere or do anything or have any friends, develop as a person, develop your personality, you can just sit and watch Netflix TV shows and those people can have a personality for you. You can have conversations and fun experiences and interesting interactions by living vicariously through TV show characters. And I, I I, don't think that that's a dangerous thing. I think that that's a cliche that people say that. I think that's a dangerous thing. Everybody says that. But I do think it's a sad thing. That you could be doing that and not even realize it. None of us are allowed to go anywhere. None of us are allowed to do anything. So I guess the next best thing is watching Friends on Netflix or something like that. Something like that. In any case, guys, that's the podcast for today. That's what we got to say. If you made it to this point in the podcast, I just want to say thank you for being interested in the words that come out of my mouth. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple, just know that there is a YouTube channel where you can see my face. And vice versa for those of you who are watching on YouTube. Podcast is called My Mouth Does the Talking. Because my mouth is what does the talking. And my mind just sort of follows the mouth where it goes. Surprised I haven't incriminated myself yet. <laughs> With that approach. In any case, thank you. Combat Addict, out.